Welcome in. Final hour of the Bill Michaels Show. Glad you're on board. Um, we were talking about Stenny's just a minute ago before we went to the top of the hour. Cheryl writes, went to Stenny's for the first time before the Pink concert. Mac and cheese night was awesome. You know what's funny, Cheryl? I have never had the mac and cheese down there. There, There's so much that's good. I've had the mushroom and Swiss burger. I've had wraps. Uh, their French fries are out of this world. I mean, just you get a bucket of those and you're good to go. But I've never had the mac and cheese. Shame on me. I've even had their salads with that special dressing that they order down there, that, that raspberry vinaigrette stuff. Oh, that stuff's really good, too. But I've never had the mac and cheese. So maybe I'll have to try it. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll do that tonight. Who knows? Uh, 877-867-1670. Uh, Dan Orlovsky on ESPN's Get Up Today, in case you didn't hear this already. Um, when asked about the – they were talking about positives and things that are somewhat surprising in the NFL. And then he was asked, what's the most disappointing to you in the NFL right now? This is Dan Orlovsky's response to that question. I say Jordan Love. I don't all disagree with the Giants one, but I think I give them a little bit of grace because of the injuries. Jordan Love, you know, coming off of the performance in the preseason, it's year four, you got to sit for three years. Week one and week two were encouraging, and I still see some of the same issues. Mechanically, too hoppy, too slow at times. Um, The accuracy has declined as this season has gone on, specifically downfield. For a player that I thought was going to ascend coming off of the summer and to start of the season, to see some of the same issues consistently on a week-by-week basis present themselves, I'm disappointed in that. There you go. And that's a guy that has been in Jordan Love's corner. For a guy that he said thought would ascend, that's a guy that's now looking at things a little bit different. So here's my question. And I know Gudikins talked about it last week about evaluating over the next 10 games and looking at, you know, everybody. But I think, you know, we all know you're drawing a circle and a bullseye on the quarterback to see exactly what it is you have. If you are Brian Gudikins, what are you thinking right now? If you're the general manager of the Green Bay Packers, as you start to evaluate and get into next season and what you're going to need roster-wise, what are you thinking right now and obviously I went through the list for the elite quarterbacks or the above average quarterbacks in the National Football League all their teams are for the most part doing pretty well for the most part they're the quarterbacks that are average unless of course they have a tremendous defense to back them up or much like Pittsburgh who I got to think at some point Pittsburgh is going to begin to you know, descend, you know, that just they're getting it done with turnovers. And it's kind of like almost smoke and mirrors. But, hey, they're getting it done, man. You, you can't deny that. You want to hear but, the most insane sealer stat along that along those lines, Bill? Give it to me. I had to triple check this. I thought it was in, so insane. So I saw someone from The Ringer, Ben Solak, tweeted this out. The Steelers are 5-3 and three this year. And if you reversed every result of each of their one-score games, they would be 0-8. I can believe that. Isn't that banana? And I went back and I'm like, oh, yeah, they've been blown out in every loss and every single win has been close. If you reverse every yeah. one score result, they'd be 0-8. Yeah, I can believe that. I've watched them I, a couple of times I, when they were on, I, and I watched them 
it was down to big plays late by the defense and a turnover by the defense or a stand by the defense that gave them the ability to win games. You know, I they're getting it done kind of with smoke and mirrors. And if you look in the correlation, look at what they're doing this year. Look at what the Vikings did last year in one-score games and come from behind wins. I think there was like 11 of them. And then turn it around to this year where they got out of the shoot. And granted, they got rid of a few guys. And Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen's gone and such. But And then all of a sudden, they weren't winning those games. They didn't get a lot better. Their defense didn't really get better. And they didn't start playing better defense until just a couple of weeks ago, right before when they played San Francisco, right before they played the Packers. But, yeah, it's it's not shocking. I mean, the, the Packers have – I mean, you look statistically at these two teams, they're almost the same. The only difference is that the Pittsburgh Steelers, as Wayne Larrabee talked about and we talked about yesterday – they got they're plus eight in the turnover category. They got sixteen turnovers. Packers not so much. So I you know this one is up for grabs. The Packers can certainly win it, but when you when you become Brian Gutekunst and you're sitting there going, okay, what do I have to kind of hope for, look at, evaluate, want? What do you do? What what are your priorities? And in a quarterback-driven league, as we all know, and I went through the list of quarterbacks, the good ones, the mediocre ones, and the bad ones, and the good ones or, or great ones are all in, in the playoffs as of right now. And all the mediocre ones and less the mediocre ones are not. What would you do? What would you do? Um, Mike says T.J. Watt's going to have a career day. Book it. Uh, Rick says Tomlin, better coach than Matt LaFleur. But what would you do if you are Brian Gutekinds? What would your priorities be? Rick says quarterback, left tackle, another corner, a safety, middle linebacker, running back. Uh, Mark says I would just get rid of the coaching staff and a, gen- and a new general manager if I could. Uh, David says it's got to be the offensive line. Randy says new coaching staff. And it goes on from there. Uh, Jesse says I'm going to start out with the quarterback and let everybody just play their way into position. Uh, which is kind of what I said earlier, was kind of an open competition. Um, Jake says, I need some more wide receivers and maybe a veteran wide receiver from the free agent market. What is your evaluation, though, as it stands right now? 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. And you were pointing out something else uh, when you talk about uh, the very the similarities between the Steelers and the Packers, right? Grant? Yeah, I think the Steelers and the Packers are – Really, really similar. I mean, the franchise is very similar, the way they're run, the history, all that. I, I think the quarterback situation, I, I like Jordan Love a little bit more than Kenny Pickett, but I think the, the quarterback situation is similar. I think the big difference on this between these two teams, Bill, is that one team has T.J. Watt, and I also like Pittsburgh's wide receivers just a little bit more. I like George mm-hmm. Pickens better than anything the Packers have, and I just think it's interesting the Packers could have had both. They could have had they T.J. Watt. Both of them. Yeah, could have had yeah. George Pickens, and instead they sat, they waited, and they moved up to get Christian Watson. I just think that's interesting. Yeah. And it still, to this day, kills Packers fans. I mean, it, it's kind of stuck in your gut, and I get it, but kills Packers fans that T.J. Watt is not on this team. For sure. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. If you want to find us, uh, and get your voice to be heard, please go ahead and do so. Again, 
1670. Uh, this is from Steve. As far as Jordan Love is concerned, right now I'd look to draft a quarterback in round one. The question is, one of the big three, if any, would be available with my pick, which would currently be sixth. The other question that I have is, what, if any, is the trade value for Jordan Love? A third rounder? Uh, one of your callers made a good point by surrounding him with top-rate talent in this year's draft. If he struggles again next year, then you've got to go after a quarterback for sure. The problem with this theory is I don't think next year's quarterback draft class is anywhere near as strong as this year's. Your thoughts, and you are tr- you are right. At least that's the guesstimation, that it's not as strong. It's a, Look, a strong draft class for quarterbacks is usually five quarterbacks. Five. There's what? I think three, maybe four legit. And then after that, you're kind of, you know, again, throwing darts at a dartboard and hoping for the best. So you got Penix, you got May, and Kayla Williams. After that, you hear a little about others, but it's not, it, you know, it's, you're right, it's not as deep, but that, that's three picks. And not everybody's picking a quarterback because they probably already have one. You got to think at this point, don't you think Justin Fields is going to be gone? They're going to get rid of him. I was talking to a buddy who's a Bears fan earlier today. He was sending me some clips. There's practice footage going around today of Justin Fields. He's throwing a ball. He looks yeah. fine. Like, I think if the Bears really wanted him to play, he would be playing tonight. Um, Yeah, Eberflus was all over the place yesterday. Yeah, I got, I got to, about this I'm going to pull that clip up. I have that somewhere. That was bizarre. Because that was, it, it was like a three-minute r- ramble. Of well, we'll wait and see another day. Medical staff hasn't cleared him. No, he's not playing. Maybe he is. I it was, it was like what? And and you know, I think Matt Eberflus is gone. So you're going to get yet another coaching staff that's going to go in to Chicago. They just can't get it right. I mean, th- th- this down in Chicago, this is a train wreck. It really is. How long have they just been mired in sub mediocrity? For a long time, it's been bad. So I got comments from Matt Eberflus. It's a minute 30. You want to hear this? Yeah, Bill? yeah. let's do it. Because he just because he was asked specifically, you know, how is Justin Fields doing and is Justin Fields going to play? This is what he had to say. Like he said, he's not medically cleared to go um, right now. And uh, he's getting better, though. I mean, he's, he's uh, accuracy's improving. He's throwing it better. And, you know, he's starting to do more and more and more. So uh, we'll, we'll see where it goes. And right now we're listening to him as doubtful. And uh, we'll see where it goes from there. Is, is he, if he's doubtful, if he's not medically cleared, well, how come doubtful versus out? Yeah, just to see, we got to give him one more day. Give him one more day, but he's uh, he's working hard, and uh, it's getting better every day. So we'll see where it goes. He's not playing tomorrow. Yeah, he's not playing. Why hasn't the medical staff seen given the clearance yet? What is it? What are they telling you? What's that? What, what is the medical staff telling you in terms of why they haven't given him the clearance? Yeah, it's uh, it's really just uh, the clearance is. Uh, just, you know, obviously he's got to be cleared to play with the medical staff, you know, and so it's really about him feeling good about it and the medical staff saying that he can go in there and function. And uh, he's just not there at this time. Is it an issue of grip strength or? It's everything. It's it's all. It's, it's all improving. You know, the grip strength, the, the accuracy, the t- you know, the, the ability to function as a quarterback. It's just, it's all right there. It's, it's getting close. I'm just, I'm not, I'm having trouble understanding. He's, he's not playing, but he's doubtful. There's. Is he out or doubtful? He, now he's listed as doubtful. But you're saying that he's out. He's not going to play. We'll see where it goes. Uh, the chances are doubtful, 51% that he's in or out, and uh, it's going to be – we'll see where it is. We got a little time left, but, uh, again, we'll declare him out when he's out. Uh, right now we're still listing him as doubtful.
But he, will he go through any sort of pregame work tomorrow? He may. He may. Yeah. What? <laughs> what the hell? Matt Eberflus, clearly what's happened is, you know, uh, what was it two years ago, they passed uh, the legalization of marijuana. Clearly he's been hitting it. <laughs> that was a big part he's of the draw up. For, for Chicago. I, for him. I, I'm like, what? He's out. No, he's out. No, he's doubtful. Can you tell us why they haven't cleared him? Well, it's it's everything. It's it's grip strength, accuracy. It's it. Well, but medically, why haven't they? No, it's everything. It's, it's, it's everything. But he's out. No, he's doubtful. He's what? What? Matt Eberflus is dead man walking. He's. I think he's done at the end of the season. Well, it's bizarre. I I I guess maybe he could be saying, well, he hasn't been cleared yet, but we're going to check one more time later today, or maybe tomorrow morning. At this point, this is yesterday. And and maybe by some miracle they'll clear him, and that's why it's doubtful. I I don't know. Yeah. I felt like he could have done a better job explaining. It was just a mess. It, it, that was a really bizarre back and forth. That was as bizarre as Robert Sala, Salah talking on a radio show in New York about his Zach Wilson, his quarterback. And, and that was really weird. Did you hear all that? Sounded like he was trying. Sounded to, like his hands are tied. Yeah, he's like, "Hey, don't don't ask me about this. This isn't my choice. I'll try to find that real quick." Right. That 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 was a bizarre back and forth for a guy that said, "I'm going to plead the fifth. I I was like, either he didn't hear the question and he was in the bathroom, you know, getting rid of a bad burrito and just didn't pay attention. But he pleaded the fifth on why they wouldn't start a backup quarterback as opposed to playing Zach Wilson. And it was just a really weird and bizarre back and forth between him and the uh, him and the radio host. So anyway, that being said, let's do this. We're going to step out. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. we got a lot more to get to. Uh, stay tuned. A whole lot more of the Bill Michael Show. It's all coming up, and it's coming up right after this. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Everywhere you look, from groceries to utilities to gas, prices keep going up. Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin can dramatically help lower your energy costs year-round by replacing drafty windows and doors in as little as six weeks. And now you can save even more by taking advantage of no interest and no down payment for up to 36 months when you order by November 30th. Bring the love of Wisconsin's outdoors in through the beauty and quality craftsmanship of Pella Windows and Doors. Whether you're updating or upgrading the look and comfort of your home, Pella has extensive lines of customizable options to meet your needs and your budget. Replacing drafty windows and doors can dramatically lower your energy costs. Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin offers some of the most energy efficient windows in the industry. 0% interest and no down payment for up to 36 months when you order by November 30th. Set your free in-home consultation today at PellaWI.com. Welcome in. Got to say thanks to our friends at Cunis, K-U-N-E-S, CunisRV.com. And the reason why is 
We had a really successful year this year with all of our travels, the RV all over the place, uh, raising money via Fisher House, Wisconsin. Um, it was it was just great. So I want to say thanks to them for being a big part of the program. And, uh, and and thanks so much for uh, helping us out and believing in what we do. So that, that, that was awesome. That was awesome. We had a great, great season this year. And uh, we appreciate it so much. Uh, go to Cunis, K-U-N-E-S, CunisRV.com, Wisconsin's fastest-growing RV dealer. Again, CunisRV.com. When we went to break, I was telling you that, uh, you know, Eberflus sounded bizarre in his description as to whether or not Justin Fields may or may not play tonight. This is an even weirder scenario because Zach Wilson, whose reputation was bolstered because Aaron Rodgers threw his, you know, thumbs up behind him and suddenly he guided the team to a win or two and looked decent and suddenly made people believers and all of a sudden he's back down to be in the bottom again. So on Michael Kay's show in New York, Michael Kay on the SNY network asked Robert Sala. Salah, uh, about Zach Wilson. And have you ever thought of, thought about benching Zach Wilson and going with your backup? Here's what he had to say. But things have changed over three years, Robert. You've had different offensive coordinators before uh, the change to Hackett this year, and you've had different weapons around him. And the one constant is Zach, and the one constant is last year he couldn't start over over Mike White. So, I, uh, first of all, this, this shouldn't be litigated. Now, I never understood with a, a 39-year-old quarterback, why a guy who couldn't start last year was the first line of defense if he went down. You've got Trevor Simeon uh, in your building. Why Why not give him a try? No, I got you. No, it's, uh, again, a fair question. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, like I said, he, he, I don't know. You got me. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to plead the fifth on all this one in terms of just. But, I, what? I don't know. How do you not know? You're the head coach. In other words, I, I don't know. I've been told we got to play Zach Wilson. That's what he's saying. If you're the head coach going, I don't know. In other words, I've been told I got to play Zach Wilson. I really, when it comes to personnel moves, something like that, to bench Zach Wilson again. In other words, we're trying to play him, trying to get him right, because if we get him right, maybe, just maybe, we can trade him off. I think maybe Robert Salah, and, and again, this is why you don't make a comment like this on a radio show. I think it's more the defensive, or not the defensive, he doesn't want to throw his general manager under the bus. It's like, look, it's right. not my fault Joe Douglas didn't have a backup plan and didn't trade for any. I, I don't I don't completely crush the Jets for taking Zach Wilson because it's not like any quarterback taken after him has been amazing. It's Trey Lance right. and it's Justin Fields, so whatever. You get Aaron Rodgers, you don't get Aaron Rodgers a backup. Okay, fine, I can also see that. But the moment that Aaron Rodgers got hurt, they did nothing. They they didn't yeah. they didn't go after anyone. The Vikings went for Josh Dobbs. They're five hundred. Right away. The Rams stink, and they just added Carson Wentz. And, yeah. and the and the Jets haven't done anything. That's the great sin of the Jets. Not drafting Zach Wilson. Not getting anyone in the offseason. But the second the Rodgers got hurt, they did absolutely nothing, and they've done nothing since. Carson Wentz was sitting there the whole time, and we kept talking about you know there is a and I said Carson Wentz two or three times. Look, he's at least a guy that's been there, done that. And he had that he he hasn't been a constant train wreck, whereas you look at a guy like Zach Wilson, he has been. He he's been under scrutiny and under fire both as his his character and his mental makeup versus his you know his physical ability. He's always been a guy that's taken the been the lightning rod. I have no idea why they didn't go out and get Carson Wentz, uh, but 
you know, hey, I, it, but I love this a lot going, uh, I don't know, I got to plead a fifth. Uh, I don't, you know, it's just two coaches, two different circumstances, two different levels of expectation, and both of which get asked questions by the media where they just don't have an answer. Like, I, 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 yeah. You know, it's not even political speak. It's just, I, 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 I don't, you know, I don't know. And then Eberflus sound like an idiot saying, no, he's out. Well, he's questionable. He's questionable. He's listed as questionable. Maybe it's, you know, could be, I don't know, but he's out. No, he's questionable, which was like, oh my God, you got to be kidding me. I was watching yeah, some clips of sports shows last night, Bill, they were talking about the Jets. And there were some theories thrown around on, on some of these sports talk shows that maybe Aaron Rodgers doesn't want the Jets to go get another quarterback. Yeah. He doesn't want anyone coming in that the locker room might, might rally around. I don't know that I buy into that, but that's being discussed. Do you think there's any credence to that? Um, n- no. Because they, they made sure to let everybody know Aaron Rodgers was the king, you know, when they when they did all of this, so... No, I, I, I think it, they, again they could have gotten Carson Wentz. What's Carson Wentz going to do? You know, if you when when Aaron Rodgers comes back, Carson Wentz is basically there holding the water, and that's it. He's who could you have gotten that would have even begun to rival Aaron Rodgers? Now I can see if Carson Wentz comes in and the team rallies and suddenly he's playing really well, and they don't want to disrupt. You know, if Aaron Rodgers comes back, but you're holding, you're holding, you know, you're a placeholder. That's all you are until Rogers walks back in through the doors, fully healthy and with pads on. So I'm also not really sure where I stand on this whole idea that Rogers might come back. Like, is this all just a big, is this just a big game that Rogers, like he can't come I back think from so. a torn Achilles. I think so. I think it is. I, I, I think this whole thing about give it a couple of weeks and all the different things that he said that he knows he's getting, he knows he's getting caught on on camera and voice and such um i think it's all just kind of a you know blow your smoke smoke screen just to kind of keep that team engaged and he's never going to say different he's going to say hey i'm coming back i'm coming back i'm working hard i'm working but remember he he leaves so the minute the game's over he flies out apparently he's going back to california to get to continue the rehab on his on his foot and then he flies back i guess via the private planes but um First of all, I can't imagine that much flying is good for swelling. Um, but I, I would assume that if I were Robert Salah, I would be wanting him around my quarterback to help him teach. I would put him in that quarterback's room. So, but they had made a con. Now I didn't know this, but they made a comment on the broadcast uh, on Monday night that that's Robert that Rogers leaves and goes back and rehabs in California and then flies back in for the game. So. But if I'm I'm the Jets, I'm probably like, look, we're paying you a lot of money. You know, if I get it. You have to rehab. We've got a lot of good rehab people here. Why do you need to go rehab back in California? Can you stay here, and and give give you know Zach Wilson the benefit of you, at least your knowledge? You know what I mean? I but I I don't know. I don't know. I couldn't tell you. You know, over the last couple of weeks, we we've spent all this time talking about. Well, man, we didn't know how how good Aaron Rodgers really was at this or that or the other, you know, how much he covers up for. Uh, another right. testament to how great Aaron Rodgers is, is the sports world at large just assumed that Zach Wilson would get better just because he was around Aaron Rodgers. Right, right. Isn't that insane? Yeah. Like we, we all fell victim to it. It's like, well, he'll learn from Rodgers. That's insane. He's a terrible quarterback. Just standing next to Rodgers is supposed to make him better. 
Yeah, I think the only thing that Rodgers did for him was put guys in that locker room back on his side after he alienated so many people last year with his attitude. Sure. And pointing the fingers at everybody else when everybody could clearly see it was him. So that I I understand. But, um, yeah, I agree with you. I I did not see – I mean, unless, so, unless Rodgers had a way of looking at things differently – that he like was able to teach because some guys will come in and they can say something to you and, and talk to you in a different way has been there, done that. And all of a sudden you go, Oh, okay. Now I get it because they just have a different way of kind of getting, you know, back, getting you back mentally into the game. But beyond that, no, I agree with you. It, it's Zach Wilson. Oof, not a good quarterback by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, let's do this. We're going to step out. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, and I told you about this a little bit earlier, but John Runyon Jr. Uh, had a chance to meet up with the media, but talk with Mike Clemens as well. So you're going to hear that conversation. It's not long. You're going to hear that conversation coming up, give you a little insight into the offensive line and what they have going on and obviously some of the issues that they had last week. So you're going to hear that when we come back. And then after that, we got uh, some What Do We Miss wrapping it up. And then uh, Thursday is in the books. Stick around. This whole portion of the program brought to you by our friends at The Nice Ash, A-S-H, uh, downtown Waukesha, 323 West Main Street, as a matter of fact, uh, downtown Waukesha. And if you are looking like tonight, they have music. Uh, and same thing on Friday and Saturday as well. And then on Sunday, you can sit down, relax in one of the big comfy chairs, sit down and watch the, uh, the Packers if you choose to do so, or any other game for that matter. But they've got terrific bourbons and whiskeys. They have a whiskey and bourbon club there. They do poker uh, on Monday nights. Uh, huge walk-in humidor. They have hookahs there as well. So I and the, and the uh, clientele has actually really rolled over. It used to be the old thought of a cigar bar was a bunch of bunch of staunchy old dudes smoking cigars, and that's not it, man. We were in there this weekend uh, for a little while, and it it's a lot of twenty-somethings that were in there and doing some cigars and having fun and tasting whiskeys, and it's really kind of changed. The market's changed, so. Cool stuff down at the Nice Ash. TheNiceAsh.com. TheNiceAsh.com. Nice Ash Cigar Bar, 323 West Main Street, downtown Waukesha. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. So come in, my friends, and if you're out in the cross, maybe your furnace is acting up a little bit, your boiler, you want to get it checked, filters checked, ducts checked, maybe you got a water heater that might be going bad, oh, I got somebody for you, I got a guy, a whole team of them, as a matter of fact, our guys out there at Every Plumbing and Heating, Craig Every, good dude, and I uh, saw him when I was out there uh, doing the show at Flipside uh, a couple weeks ago, a few weeks ago. So, uh, really good people, but uh, they are always doing something and always hiring. So, uh, third generation, been around a long time, founded back in 1969, and they're here to stay, and they warranty their work. They're really good people. Check out Craig Avery and the whole gang at uh, Every Plumbing and Heating out there in La Crosse, La Crosse, Trempolo, Monroe, Jackson Counties, Vernon. Uh, call them 608 2803 608-783-2803. John Runyon uh, was talking to the media yesterday. Mike Clemens had a chance to catch up with him. Take a listen to what he had to say. Uh, halfway through the season, and uh, that's kind of the biggest challenge going into week to week is uh, 
we get through this. Uh, a lot of guys getting banged up, but that's just the nature of what we do, and that's just how it is, and we gotta, gotta gotta handle it. How do you use the momentum from last week into this week? I think it's I think it's really important. I think we kind of established sort of a recipe and like what it looks to win, and I think. That starts up up front and running the ball and putting the ball in number uh, 33 and 28's hands. And when we're able to do that, I feel like it takes a lot, a lot of stress off Jordan. And he's able to complete those shots down the field and had a, a lot of really good catches out there on the perimeter. And you know, I think we definitely established a formula. Now we just got to go out there and execute against really good Steelers defense this week too. What's the, the difficulty with the new quarterback that you have on the side of the college that you do have to use it? Um. I, th- I think there is sort of rhythm and timing to it, but um, I think I think Silent Games is more just like a repetition with uh, you know this everybody all five up front and you know the, the quarterback and you know the kind of silent counts that he's like and um, there there is a, uh, a period we have to get used to it and at this point I'm really. Uh, I, I really know when Josh is going to snap the ball. So I, the silent cadence is kind of one of my favorite cadences because I know I know when he's going to snap the ball, and I feel like I get a better jump on the silent cadence than I do and when we're on cadence at home. So I think we use it to our advantage, and it's a, it's, it's a really good tool. It's the excitement level to play in a place like Pittsburgh where you guys have won in a while because you don't play very often. Yeah, um, going back to Pennsylvania and – uh, growing up, uh, I remember I was an Eagles, Eagles fan growing up, watching the Eagles and uh, Steelers go at it. Uh, really big rivalry. and I've, uh, It's not Heinz Field anymore, but that's always the stadium I've wanted to play at. And going back there, I know a lot of guys are on the team over there. So I'm really excited to get back uh, you know, to sort of like my home state and uh, play in front of the crowd there. I know it's going to be loud and really looking forward to Renegade in the fourth quarter. Do you, uh, you have a lot of tickets for this game? Uh, I do have a lot of tickets, and also a lot of people kind of planned ahead anyway and uh, went and just got their tickets, like kind of in the schedule draft anyway. So I do have a lot of friends and family come for this game. It's about a five-hour drive from Philadelphia, but a lot of people are uh, you know, just willing to do it anyway because they want to come see us, see us win. Did you jokingly talk to your dad about changing the rules on the Yeah, um, I had no idea. I guess that was a point of emphasis this week uh, with the officials and everything, and uh, I wish I wish I would have been told after the first one. And, I mean, apparently they didn't call it on me in the stadium, but it was on me. So I mean, something has got to get communicated better. And, and I guess that's just uh, NFL trying to phase that play out slowly. And uh, you know, it worked. And they were really looking forward this week. What type of weapon do you feel like that could be for you guys if the penalties weren't called three for three? You, you got to pass the line. You need it. Yeah, I feel, I feel like on just about all three, we got about two yards. And I think it varies week to week, uh, you know, what, like, body types and defenses we like it against. And I think I remember going into this week talking with Josh and uh, Jordan up front. We thought that we could really uh, use it to our advantage this week and uh, save our more creative short yardage plays for, you know, further down in the season kind of when we need it and, uh, you know, looking to change something up. And I think this is a good week, and we like the matchup inside on uh, quarterback sneak and able to get him three times. And two of them got called back, but uh, that's just how it is. Would you like to see more of that moving forward? And what about the Packer push? Would that be a good moment? I've also heard the love shove, too. Um, <laughs> I, I think we ran that little shove play, like the last one, uh, the last QB sneak we had, like late in the fourth. And uh, it's an effective play, and I think defense is going to have to start trying to game plan. I, I really don't know how you can stop it. It's tough. Um, 
is going to be difficult to cover, and I feel like as long as it works, we're going to keep doing it. You mentioned that Steelers front seven. What makes them nasty? Uh, it's just traditional Pittsburgh Steelers uh, defense all across the board. Um, they're a little bit different now. They're, they're not as big, but they're not as big like in the sense of they're not 350 pounders in there anymore. But they're big. Uh, they're really good laterally. Uh, laterally. Uh, they move well in space. The linebackers are downhill thumpers, and the back end calls turnovers. So. Uh, Saw some stat, or Coach Buckus told us that they've been outgained in every single one of their games, but they still got about five and three record. So their defense is what uh, is the strength of their team, and uh, they find ways to win because of their defense. And we know that, and they got a bunch of great players up front, and it's going to be a challenge. And we're all looking forward to it because you always want to go against the best. You caught up again. Um, I, I think so in a way. I think uh, we kind of changed uh, stuff up, you know, just how we kind of uh, our process this week. And I think it was kind of like a good, uh, you could feel a sense of change. And people come in here on Monday and Tuesday and now Wednesday, and there's kind of like a more lively feeling, which is, uh, you know, good all around. And guys, I felt like really into practice today. And it's just going to set us up for, you know, a uh, better week going forward. And, uh Put the game plan in and see how it goes, and we're feeling really good and confident. How do you make sure that that performance last week becomes the tip of the iceberg and that there's more to come and it's not just a one-off? Yeah, uh, that's, what, that's what we're trying to build. And still, even last week, there's a bunch of mistakes, a uh, bunch of bad penalties. Uh, you know, we had the offsides, a few false starts, a couple holdings. You know, there's still a lot of stuff out there to clean up, and I still think offensively we had a pretty good game. Uh, Threw the ball really effectively and rushed for almost 200 yards. Anytime, anytime you can do that, uh, it's going to be good for us. And defense played uh, outrageous. Uh, only given, didn't give up a touchdown, barely gave up a field goal. And um, that's just who they are. And I feel like we've been putting them in some bad, tough spots all year. And um, I think it's up, it's up to us to, you know, trying to carry them along because they've been playing, they've been playing really well for us all year. And uh, it's up to us to you know, put those points on the board, especially in the first half. And we can't have them trying to try to put a uh, pitch a shutout every single game. What's the key to the communication with, with you guys on front, especially with Watt and Highsmith and those linebackers and edge rushers? Yeah, and yeah, we know we know uh, they got really good uh, outside guys. We played against Watt and Highsmith uh, two years ago, and uh, you know they're, they're better players than they were then. And we got Hayward in there, and uh, we got Mont Adams on there, and he, he was here for a little bit. And linebackers are downhill, and uh, Coach Steno's got a game plan for them. I don't, I don't want to share too much about it, but we'll be ready for it, and we got the guys that go there and block them up. You've gone against Sneets in the point of emphasis, John. Is that rare to have a point of emphasis midseason, or is that a fairly typical thing? Um, I, I think it was a point of emphasis uh, for this past week because uh, we really liked just – you know the the body types, and we like the matchup inside. So, yeah, I'd like to the officiating. So oh yeah, the officiating. Is, is that rare that that's a point of emphasis that they have a point of emphasis midseason? I mean, I think they have a point of emphasis every week, and okay. apparently they send out a weekly video uh, talking about that. And apparently that was in the weekly video, but I had no idea. Uh, I didn't even know they sent out a weekly video about points of emphasis. And that was on it this week, and you can tell they were definitely looking for it because they, they called it twice. So <laughs> I don't know what to say about it. Thanks. 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 Exactly, yeah. Thanks, John. Yeah. This team you're playing has been winning a lot in the fourth quarter. Yeah. They come on. Yeah. Is that something you guys talk about or think about? Like, 
that could be the flow of the game? Yeah, we know we know that um, it's going to come down to the fourth quarter. I think we watched a few of the end of the games uh, today in our meetings, and it looked like it was like a strip sack or a big punt block, something like that. That's what flipped the game. So uh, it's, it's going to be close. I mean, we're playing in Pittsburgh, tough place to play, and that's what we can come down to. And fourth quarter comes, we, we know we got to be on our side. There you go. That uh, that is uh, John Runyon talking. About, and you know, a lot of things correct. I mean, uh, you know, talk about the the offensive line being called. He being called for the the offsides and some of the points of emphasis for the officiating. Talking about getting off to a fast start. Some of the playmakers that they have. Uh, a lot of belief there that this thing can get you know on track. Big test coming up this weekend against the uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Let's do this. We're going to step out one more time. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. And uh, when we do, we'll find out today what did we miss. And out in lacrosse, I'll tell you what, if you don't go to Buzzard Billy's or the Starlight Lounge, that's what you missed. Stop in, tell them we said, I fish fry tomorrow right on Pearl Street in lacrosse, Wisconsin, right in that old 1860s brick hotel. I love that place. It's very authentic. It's like going back in time a little bit. Then you go upstairs at the Starlight Lounge. That's really going back in time, like 1950s, 60s. Really cool stuff. Check out Buzzard Billy's great food. That buffalo chicken sandwich, along with some hush puppies, that's the way to go. Face down in that thing like nobody's business. Had that a couple of weeks ago when I was out there. Starlight Lounge, they got something for everybody. Always a great place to go, specifically on date nights. Stop in, tell them we said hi. More of the Bill Michael Show, wrapping it up next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show. On the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Everywhere you look, from groceries to utilities to gas, prices keep going up. Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin can dramatically help lower your energy costs year-round by replacing drafty windows and doors in as little as six weeks. And now you can save even more by taking advantage of no interest and no down payment for up to 36 months when you order by November 30th. Bring the love of Wisconsin's outdoors in through the beauty and quality craftsmanship of Pella Windows and Doors. Whether you're updating or upgrading the look and comfort of your home, Pella has extensive lines of customizable options to meet your needs and your budget. Replacing drafty windows and doors can dramatically lower your energy costs. Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin offers some of the most energy efficient windows in the industry. 0% interest and no down payment for up to 36 months when you order by November 30th. Set your free in-home consultation today at PellaWI.com. Certain restrictions apply. See showroom for details. Offer ends 11-30-2023. Good to get you back. The Bill Michaels Show, wrapping things up. And real quick, before we get into what did we miss, I just got this from our buddy Jimmy Shapiro from betonline.ag. The odds are out for the new Brewers manager. Uh, They've got Don Mattingly, 3-1. Pat Murphy, 5-1. Ricky Weeks, 6-1. Gabe Kapler, 8-1. Victor Estevez, 9-1. Joe Espada, 10-1, like everybody else in the mix. And Clayton McCullough at 14-1. Do any of those names appeal to you, Grant Bills? Ricky Weeks, I suppose. (laughs) 
I don't know. Not, not to sound overly excited here. I, I just feel like it's going to have to be someone with Brewers ties who's not going to come in with a lot of demands. And I think Ricky Weeks or Pat Murphy probably both fit that description. Uh, yeah. If I had to go with any of those, I'd go with Pat Murphy. Yeah. Because he's been there, done that. Um, But yeah, it's uh, not a... Not a list that makes you go, oh, God, yes. You know, that type of thing. That No, no. Does Pat Murphy not want to follow Craig Council to Chicago, or does Council not want him? What's well, I mean, there? if you get a managerial job and you're getting paid a lot more money, I think, uh, you know, and Pat Murphy's very familiar with this situation, the analytics, how things work. Then again, if Craig's – if there is a dissension between Craig and the you know, the, the, the team – ownership whatever and craig obviously would probably be pretty close with pat and they've probably discussed it if craig leaves and pat says oh i'll take that job you know i then again he also knows what he's getting into you know but i don't know maybe pat murphy wants to be a manager i i don't know um i, I don't know i don't know what he wants so that'll be interesting yeah. to follow for sure it's a lot of it's a lot of more money yeah, that's for sure rather than being a bench coach so uh, so anyway, we are now upon it, and it's time with about five minutes left to go in the program. What do we miss? Well, Bill, we didn't miss this because it just happened. So this is no uh, no shade on you and your hosting ability and your ability to follow the news. This just the last couple minutes. Matt Lafleur speaking. He was asked about Jair Alexander's shoulder injury and whether or not he was concerned. He said, and I quote, "I'd say so. Two days in a row not practicing." And when asked if any uh, long term concern maybe beyond this game around the shoulder, he said, "Quote." I don't know. So it doesn't seem like wow. Jair's going to play this weekend. Oh, man. That's not good. Good work if you can get it for Jair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You paid a lot of money, miss a, miss a handful of games. Yeah, I I agree. Um, absolutely. I, I, I completely agree. I mean, it would be one I, thing if it was the a continuation of the back injury that he suffered because Alex Magoo is playing. What a stupid, I, I, that story makes me mad. That's a really dumb way to get one of your top paid players hurt, but this is different. This is his shoulder. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's uh man, that's tough. Um, Jair is that secondary is just, it went from being a strength to being depleted. Yeah. And it, it, it happens every time I keep telling people, you know, I remember the year that they had like seven wide receivers and we were trying to figure out, Oh my God, they've got so many they had to keep extra. And, I said, just wait, you know, and then sure enough, they're down to, you know, who was the people's champion? The, uh, oh God, you had the, uh, the kid from Wisconsin. Aberderis. Jeff Janis was here. And Jeff Janis. Remember Jeff Janis? I think he was the one. Was it Jeff Janis that caught the pass in Detroit on the Hail Mary? Well, that was Richard Rodgers. He caught the Hail Mary oh, in Richard Arizona. Rogers, yes. He caught yeah, both he in caught, Arizona. That's, that's right. That's right. He got the one in Arizona. There was a couple of Hail Marys wailed out that year. So I do remember that. Uh, what else? We got anything else? One other thing, and we didn't talk about this today, but Ken Rosenthal is at, uh, what is it, owner's meetings? Or what's going on right yeah. now in baseball? Owner's yeah. meetings. Yeah, GM meetings. Yeah. yeah. Um, he put it, this out in his column today at The Athletic. Executives at this time of year are always careful to tell reporters that they are fielding calls on their players rather than shopping them. In that sense, the Brewers would say they're acting no differently than any other club. But industry sources tell a different story. Those sources, briefed on the Brewers' discussions but not authorized to discuss them publicly – Say the team is open to moving virtually any player on its roster. Okay. 
Well, I think every team at this point, short of teams that have a load of talent that they've got signed to long-term deals, I think everybody pretty much is open at this point. But, yeah, I mean, the Brewers, same thing. I would assume that they're probably looking and thinking anywhere we can bolster. you got to bolster first base. you got to bolster third base. You could always use a good DH bat. You could always use more bullpen arms. You can always use another start in the rotation. Pretty much everything's open, probably except for outfield. Yeah, That's the one area where – you feel like you right now you at least you've got enough outfielders to sustain so you don't have to go after somebody there but i would agree if there were a so. handful of players on this roster that i would comfortably say the brewers aren't going to trade them i think it would be yelich because of the contract no one's yep. jumping to take that on Contreras, and maybe freddie peralta but other than that a, a trade of yeah. anyone on this roster would make sense given where the brewers yep. are um, no i would agree with that I would agree with that 100%. And anything, as long as you're, you know, getting better and not trading away a guy that's coming up on arbitration. That I will say I, I am I'm against. I just want to see this team get better. I want to see, what I would love to see is Mark Atanasio go, oh, it's not Cat Craig and whoever we hire is going to have all the talent in the world to be able to be competitive. And they actually make a couple of moves that excite you again about this, this ball club rather than talking about money and the loss of a manager and all that kind of stuff. So that's what I'm kind of looking forward to. Uh, is that it? That's or we got about, anything else? That's about all it? we missed. Good job today. Uh, tomorrow we have Tyler Dunn. Go long TD. He is in Pittsburgh. He'll be at the game. He's talking with some Steelers players today and tomorrow. And we'll talk with Will Graves, who covers the Steelers day-to-day for the AP. That'll be tomorrow. Uh, by the way, the odds makers are going to try a new low, trying to get a gauge on the defensive-minded Iowa team, Iowa and Rutgers this weekend. It is a historic low out in the sports books out in Vegas, just an FYI, because both of them just stink on ice. So they, they say that's one of the worst games out there because of the low and the under, just an FYI. So if you're looking to bet this weekend, maybe just go in the historic low side of things. So there you go. That'll do it. Another one in the books. Good stuff today. Back at it again tomorrow. We'll wrap things up. Always good. Always fun. Until we talk again 20 hours from now, have a go. See you.